Hey, what's going on, everybody? Y'all know what's going on. It's Young Gorilla. And this is Damn Cam. And this is the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. Y'all already know what goes down every single week on this thing. How you doing today, Damn Cam? How's it going? Uh, just doing good, you know, feeding my natural fat-ass body with pizza rolls. Why are you always eating? Look, sometimes I need an after-work snack, You're, okay? The last episode... No, you know what? No, again, I just got... In the last I don't want to hear... I'm not looking at you. You said you were eating. The last episode, you said you were eating to start the episode. This episode, you start off saying you're eating. You got, you got something you're trying to tell me? I think it's just odd that the time of day that you eat. It's 2 o'clock for me... I mean, I, I, I already ate. <clears throat> I mean, I got home at what? 2.30, 2.15, whatever. But, like, I need an after-work snack, my man. Yeah, I guess. That's it's, on, it's only, like, 12 pizza rolls, okay? Wow, good for you to hold it down to 12 pizza rolls. Yeah, usually it's the whole bag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You do just pour the whole bag onto the pan and just start eating all of them. God, you look. You look at me, and you wouldn't even believe it the, the way I eat. Oh Jesus! All, all right, right. Well, go ahead. Get everybody hip to today's episode, sir. We're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna start off the show today with a little mini award show. Later on, we're gonna talk about some of the more close games. There was a lot of close games this week, and a lot of interesting games. But uh, we we highlighted three games specifically from this week. We're also gonna talk about. Uh, that's going to be later, though. So for right now, I want to start things off with our award show. Um, so this is going to be non-quarterbacks. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, it's going to be hard to pick, you know, candidates for these categories if they're not a quarterback. Not really. Not really. There's a lot of talent this year. So we're going to see uh, what's going on with that. I guess uh, we're going to start off with defensive rookie of the year. Uh We'll we'll start with you, Dan Cam. Who do you have for your defensive rookie of the year? All right, so you know I want to say Chase Young, but I want to go towards the a different approach. Choice. But I want to go to a uh, a different option. Um, Jeremy Chin for the Carolina Panthers. I like it. Solid player. Uh, what do you, I forgot? Uh, what was he drafted in the third round or something like that? Do your research. Why do I have to do everything for you? I had it written down. I don't know where the fuck I put the paper at. Oh, oh, whatever. So, look. His stats are really good for a rookie. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not asking you to laugh. Let me let me be professional here, okay? Excluding the part when he got drafted. But <clears throat> he wasn't a first-round pick. He was mid-round pick. But he's a free safety, okay? Uh, you know... When you look at highlights and players and stuff, a lot of people overlook every other player besides, you know, the running back or the quarterback, wide receiver, et cetera. Um, Jeremy Chin has made a presence of himself on the Carolina Panthers defense. I mean, the guy's always involved. He has, uh, what was it, uh, 95 combination tackles, okay? Solo, 56, but he's always getting the assisted tackles with 39. And... Mm-hmm. If you watched the Carolina game a few weeks ago, he had two touchdowns within 10 seconds of each other. Did you know that one, Mr. Gorilla? I did not know that one, sir, but I do know how much of a talent that he is. Yes, very, he, he, he has made a, a good impact. Um, I think the Panthers are slowly getting back to their defensive ways. I mean, obviously not right now with the yeah. secondary, but it's a start. I mean, dude, you got rookie... You got a rookie, not your first round pick rookie, but a mid round. All right. This guy is making a presence of himself and a name for himself. I mean, he's around the ball a lot. Man's got, what, 39 assist tackles. So he's getting down in there. You know, he's not dropping back into coverage every fucking play. Like the man's getting dropped down. Yeah. Um, he, has, he, does have, he does have one interception, um, he has two forced fumbles. And he, he's decent in the past defense. I mean, he's got five deflected uh, balls, but he he can get to the quarterback. You know, he might be you know, a little Jamal Adams Jr. In my opinion, I think he might be better than Jamal Adams within the next few years because Adams, you know, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not slandering him. Hot takes. Yes. Flames. But, flames. But, but look, every, if everyone – 
that watches football, you know, you know Jamal Adams. Great player. You know, I would love to have him on my team. But he's not the best in coverage. He, they call him Blitz Boy for a reason. But Blitz Boy. But look, Adams makes a presence of himself. Jeremy Chin makes a presence of himself. I see him getting more involved, though, in coverage, too. Yes, you can drop him down into the box and stuff and stuff the run. You know, send him a little blitz, he'll get the QB. I mean, he does have a sack. You know, not impressive. But, I mean, he's a rookie. He's got a couple hits on the quarterback. Um, the guy's always around the ball. You know, he, he might be a ball hawk within the next few years. You know, let him train, practice, and see what he does within the next, what, two, three seasons. This guy could be a top five player on defense it, just in, like, defensive back category. I like him a lot. You know, you, everyone overlooks all these defensive rookies out there because of Chase Young. Man's a beast. You know, I would love to say him, but I wanted to switch it up for everybody listening to this. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad for him. The Panthers uh, are only 4-9 and nine this year. I thought they'd be a little better. Um, uh, I, I mean, they are in a division. I, I've seen them going 6-10 and 10 this year, honestly. They are in a division with the Buccaneers and the Saints who have a lot of talent. So it's not like too shocking to see them at four and nine but i'm also like you know they were really hyped about getting bridgewater and everything and they really thought that he was going to be something like extra special because he had in all honesty he did need to be a little extra special for the panthers to kind of be in the hunt of things uh by the way uh jeremy jim was a second round pick he's 32nd overall all right so i was right with like second third round but not third round. All right. But, well, now it's confirmed. Yes, because thanks er, to early me, thanks to pick. the thanks to the gorilla. Well, you know, we, I apologize. We, we, have, we have we have returned to sanity, and uh, wow, I am gonna go ahead and shift into my defensive rookie. Um, this is gonna sound biased, but I'm going Patrick Queen. I like uh, no, I do like him. He reminds me of a mini Ray Lewis. And I was actually just about to say that too. Uh watching him play reminds me of Ray Lewis when we, he was first drafted. And the Ravens don't just take a linebacker, especially in the first round. They're pretty good at getting deep uh linebackers and tight ends and just stuff like that. Those are their ho- two really good categories. Hopefully when his contract's up, they don't do him like they did CJ Mosley, draft him the first round and get rid of him. Yeah, I feel I felt bad that we lost CJ Mosley. Um but he hasn't done nothing for the Jets, so you didn't lose. Yeah, but if he was with us, you know, he would still be doing stuff cuz he was really, you know, he I still remember that that play saving, that play save that he made when he caught that uh pass interception from Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Yep. And we I won him into the fought. playoffs. I already, I already knew where you were going with it. That's how you know I know my football. <laughs> So Except yeah, when it comes to drafting, okay, guys. Don't <laughs> <call> me. <laughs> so back to Patrick Queen, though, man. Uh, his stats are similar to Jeremy Chin too. I was doing a little comparison, but I really like Patrick Queen. I really like what he's done. He's also got one interception. He's also got two forced fumbles, but he's returned one of those forced fumbles to the house for a score. Uh, he's also got two sacks too. He's gotten to the quarterback a few times just on some sneaky plays. Uh, really good. Uh, he's also. Just whenever he's on the field, he just is a really good playmaker. He's made some, like, quiet plays that we don't really talk about. But as a Ravens fan, I watch him play a lot. And, you know, like we were talking about, resembles a little bit of Ray Lewis when he was young. When he was younger. Uh, I think Queen's got a lot of potential to be a star in the league. Uh, I really hope that he stays with us for a long time because he's a really good talent. And I think he's a really – I know Chase Young is probably going to win it, but this was my award show – I would pick Patrick Queen. Uh, he's also got uh, 58 solo tackles, uh, 90, 92 overall tackles with uh, 23 assist with uh, sorry 29 assisted. So, uh, but does that make Jeremy Chin look more impressive, especially as a free safety? Well, I mean, I guess so. But Patrick Queen is also a linebacker. I know, I know y'all do run a three four, so he's not just the only linebacker out there. Yeah, and honestly, he's one of the, he's like the biggest producing linebacker right now, mostly due to mostly due to like COVID issues and like injury and stuff. But like, in all honesty, even even if we didn't have those, I think he would still be, if not the best guy performing on the linebacker group, like probably second best. You you, you know what I like about him? I like his speed. 
Yeah, he is really fast. Like the like on those sacks, actually, like really sneaky. Like like I honestly didn't see that coming. Like it was like two seconds, and he was right there on the sack. Yeah, man, so. man's he's got good potential. You know, as long as he stays healthy, you know. But he, if I if he, I feel like this off season though, I feel like he might cut back on the speed a little bit and try to bulk up some. So if he gets uh, more defensive snaps, like he'll be a little bit more durable. Because, you know, weight, I mean, you don't want to have too much weight on you. But, like, when you see players in the league who are, like, good with, like, their speed and coverage, but, like, you know, they might be able to tackle. I mean, like, obviously not Patrick Queen's case because he, he's proved himself. But, like, other players in general, you know, you got, like, uh, Deion Jones on the Falcons, who's a solid guy, but he gets hurt quite often. Yeah. Sorry. So under, underweight and you get – I actually uh, – I actually – I, I said 20, 29 assists. He actually has 34 assisted oh, tackles. Oh, and, and you want to tell me to do my research? No, I actually read the wrong column. It was uh, – I was reading versus the AFC. He has 29 assisted tackles. Fix your, fix your fucking glasses when you talk to me. They're a little blurry. Mine are a little scratchy <laughs> and broken in half, but it's all good. All right, well, two really – I think we had some – I think we had some pretty good defensive rookie of the years uh, right there. Uh, how about we move on to offensive rookie of the year again? This is a non-quarterback award show, so we're not going with any easy picks here. I'll start off with you again, Dan Cam. Go ahead and tell me who your offensive rookie is. All right, we all know the obvious. I know who you know. I'm going with on that, but I'm not picking them. Yeah, it's uh, okay because I did. All right, so everybody, yeah, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Go ahead I'm, and I'm, use your I'm, pick. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use something a little bit different. So, if y'all know about the draft, the 2020 draft, running backs were a big name, too. Oh, yeah. I like a guy who was underused through the first half of the season and is finally getting his workload now. Um, Antonio. No. Oh, Gibson. Not mm, Gibson. Clyde. Jo- Jonathan Taylor. Oh. Running back. Oh. Look, the guy was, obviously has played all of his games. He wasn't getting the snaps through the middle part of the season. Okay, they had Hines taking over for some reason. Um, I like Taylor for his size and speed. He, he reminds me of Maurice Jones. Uh, Maurice Jones Drew or Maurice? How did fuck Jones Drew? Right? Get it out. I'm tongue twisted. Maurice Jones Drew. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> Stocky dude with some speed. Obviously, I mean Jones Drew was smaller, but they just they give me the same look. Like they got this burst, they got size and agility. Um, for all right, so Taylor's stats of the season, okay, off of us, 168 rushing attempts. He has 759 yards, averaging four and a half ca- uh, yards a carry, six touchdowns. Um, he does his longest run was what 62 yards, and he's only lost. He only so he's only had one fumble, so he doesn't turn the ball over. He, you know he has he secures it pretty good, um, and he's also used in the re, uh, receiving uh, game too. Um, he's got what thirty one? No, my bad. Thirty one receptions. Okay, off of thirty two targets, two hundred eighty six yards, averaging nine point two yards a reception, and a touchdown. The guy's a playmaker. The guy's not talked about enough. I think in this draft class, he's the best running back. But that's just my opinion. I like Edwards uh, Alaire, you know, but I don't see him being used as the ground and pound dude over the next few years. Taylor, I do. He can do it all so far. I mean, the way they utilize him in Indy, I like it. Yeah. The guy, the guy, like I say, he secures the ball. He's he came explosive. from he came from Wisconsin, right? Do your research. I'm pretty sure he did come from Wisconsin. Uh, all right, so look, I don't and, do and I he, don't keep uh, up with college much, and he's so uh, I'm not the guy to ask about that. But. No, uh, he he is from Wisconsin. Uh, I, I I remember I remember one of my one of my uh, boys was talking about him and how he was really good in college and everything. How he had a really good career uh, in Wisconsin well, look, stuff. Second round draft pick. Okay, J.K. Dobbins on the Ravens. He's nice too, but like. 
The, the style offense, though, that the Colts run compares to the Ravens, this is why I like Taylor more, like, in the long run and stuff, compared to, like, J.K. Dobbins. Because, you know, they don't have that one dude that can run around the whole field as, as a quarterback. Like, the, he's just ground and pound, catch the ball, not taking away anything, obviously, from J.K. Dobbins. So calm down. I know you're breathing heavily over there. Oh no, no! Like I already know. <laughs> I already know J.K. Dobbins is a really is a really good back. Like he he works really well with our scheme too. Yeah, but Taylor, I I just like Taylor. Like in your average NFL scheme, like offensive scheme. Okay, we're talking about you know not the pistol and all this shit. Like you know, not people, get- people can know that Taylor's going to run the ball and like they can't stop him. The guy is putting up numbers. Uh, he just had a big game the other day against the Raiders. Yeah, all, like 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 you said, all the running backs ha- have like a lot of talent. They do, and like a lot of them have been underused. So it it, it just kind of aggravates me. Like you know, the Rams they didn't start using Cam Akers until like the past three games, and then Gibson was a surprise. Uh, the guy down in um, Jacksonville, what's his name, uh, Robinson. Undrafted dude, but he's been doing good for them. Good replacement for Fournette. Uh, but Taylor's my guy. Yeah, uh, there's a like you said, there's a lot of running back time, which is why I, I just went with the obvious Justin Jefferson with my offensive rookie of the year. Uh, mainly because uh, one of my favorite wide receivers of all time is obviously Randy Moss, and uh, he's uh, he's joint he's joining the likes of Randy Moss in some of these like categories with like his rookie year. Like he's already surpassed a thousand. He's already surpassed a thousand receiving yards, and uh, there's still a couple more games to go. Uh, but he's gonna right, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna surpass Randy Moss's uh, rookie year. He's on pace right now to break Randy Moss's rookie year uh, receiving yards that he that he set. So and Randy Moss went on to have a really good career. So in my eyes, I'm seeing that and I'm thinking this is you know, like a, a, a younger version of Randy Moss. We're starting to see, you know, some signs of Randy Moss. Like we were saying, we're seeing signs of Ray Lewis and Patrick and Patrick Queen. So, uh, and he's got seven touchdowns. He's averaging uh, 16, uh, you know, right around 16 and a half yards uh, a reception on the league, on the year right now. So that's good. So, you know, when they throw it to him, he's being explosive. He's getting yards. Obviously, we've seen him make some really good plays. Uh, he's he's obviously the favorite for offensive rookie of the year. There's no question about it. Uh, so I went with the obvious pick here. Damn Cam, I'm picking Justin Jefferson. I, I like it. I mean, you already know. I I wanted to say it, but I didn't want to you know be the majority. I wanted to pick something a little different. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I, I actually I have people ask me all the time because if you if y'all listen to our show or know us in person, you know I'm an Eagles fan, and they're like. Do you regret passing up on him? No, because if he was on our team right now, at least for this season, he wouldn't have the numbers he had. I mean, our offense is a shit show right now. And it's not the best situation for him because, you know, the quarterbacks don't even get time to throw the ball. I mean, yes, all the other factors into it. But we have nobody producing, so he wouldn't fucking be doing what he's doing with us right now. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. No, nah, yeah, there's a little there's a little mess going on in Philadelphia right now. I think Jefferson would just be in the wrong in the wrong yeah, middle he, of it. Our luck, if we had him, you know, he'd be like half of our team get hurt. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. You can't don't don't throw the jinx on him, but like you never know. Oh, I don't want to. But uh, it's part of the game. All right. Well, how about uh, surprise talent of the year? This was our own little. Uh, award that we decided to create uh it's the guy it can be offense defense any player uh just not quarterback but uh who's the surprise talent of the year for you all right people this is gonna probably be nowhere near what anybody was thinking but i like uh coup the kicker for the falcons a surprise for a surprise talent of the year yeah Okay, go on. So, he's a kicker in his third season. Okay, he, L.A. Chargers, they let him go when, what, two or three seasons ago. He picked up with the Falcons last year. Did pretty good. 
I, d- I did look into other things, though, before mentioning this. And, like, you know, I read into stuff people were thinking he wasn't going to do what he did last year. Dude, the guy is an onside kick king, okay? Who – I've never seen fucking two onside kicks get recovered in a game in general. The guy knows how to do that shit. The guy's consistent with kicking, not – and we all know Justin Tucker is. That's okay. right. But coup, okay? I feel like kickers, they don't get enough love in the NFL. So that's why I wanted to pick a surprise talent because, you know, sometimes kickers can't repeat themselves. You know, Justin Tucker, he does it every year. A kicker, in, with, like, in today's football, you don't ever, like, kickers do not fucking produce the way they used to. Like, they struggle with the extra points now because they're pushed back. Um, kickers are, dude, name, name fucking half the teams in the league that have kept the same kicker for more than five seasons. And you probably can't. Name a team that has kept the same kicker for more than five seasons. At least half. The Ravens. Okay. Obviously well, because of the be- most accurate kicker in NFL history. Uh, yes. I think the Patriots kept Goskowski for a while. No, no. But he – yes, they did, but they got rid of him. I know they got rid of him, but, they, in- but he was with the team for five-plus years. I know, but – I'm t- I'm talking about within the past five years. Okay, okay, fine. You can't find. Okay, so your point is proven. It's hard to find one. Yeah, and like this guy, dude. This guy is their best player of like scoring on their team. I mean, kickers don't get enough love. Like I'm saying, this dude. Like if you watch the Falcons, okay, they need a fucking onside kick to re- and have a chance to win, uh, tie it or win it in the fourth quarter or or whatever. Dude, this guy is gonna do it. This guy somehow knows how to get the perfect bounce and everything, and they get it. Like, he – this – I don't know how many – I got to look into how many um, uh, onside kicks he has for the team to recover because every time I've seen them down and out and they need onside kick, dude, this guy's fucking, all right, guys, you already know what to do. I'm just going to do this. You'll, you'll be there, and it happens. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, Cam, why are you going to pick kicker? Like I said, they need love, too. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was watching an episode of uh, Shannon and Skip, uh, Undisputed. Shout out to those guys. I like the show. Uh, they were talking about how or uh, Shannon was, I guess. He was not uh, or not Shannon, Skip. Skip was talking because <laughs> I get him. I, I don't know how I get him mixed up, but I do sometimes. But uh, Skip was talking about how he thinks that place kickers should be eliminated from the game altogether because he doesn't feel like they all they do is just kick the football. So, like, he, he was saying that, you know, because with the Ravens and Browns game coming down to the game winning field goal, he was saying, like, game it's games like that where it should just be decided between the gladiators who are actually battling it out, and the kickers just come out and just kick the ball, and it's done. Well, he's a fucking dumbass. But, I mean, obviously I mean, it's a, he doesn't it, really I, think like I that. I mean, it's a, good, it it's a good take, though, in all honesty. It's like, if you think but, about it. But, in, but, but, look, but your, yeah, your gladiators, I, I don't your gladiators got to be able to fucking move the ball I, down. I, I don't agree. I think that there should be place kickers because the kickers are just as important. In my opinion, yeah, that's that's how I see that's it. That's a game changer. But I understand. I understand where he was coming from with the take. Yeah, but look, you get rid of a dude. He's talking about them fighting out in the trenches. Well, look, maybe if your team was already fighting in the fucking trenches, you wouldn't have to use the fucking kicker. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and they even brought up how uh, the Raiders drafted that kicker, uh, Sebastian uh, Jan- Sebastian Janikowski, in the first round way back. So, I mean, so kickers do have value and you saw how, you know, his career turned out. So it's like, so I think there is, you know, there is proof that yeah, kickers but, have value, but not, not first round pick value. No, I mean. but I mean, like you said, that Raiders, <laughs> that Raiders GM or owner or whatever, he was notorious for that shit. Like just picking crazy talent, random ass people. He'd be even, it, it, they might not even be fucking talented. Dude, the guy would like, I remember watching. He, he was probably he was probably up. asking everybody like, "Who is the like most, like who's the most obvious pick for us?" I well, I they, want the right. opposite. All right, let me get uh, Russell, <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. He, 
I want Michael. Like, I want Michael Jordan. He's not even in in the sport. We need somebody. Well, he is now. We need somebody who's playing. <laughs> but like, look, I forgot. I forgot the Raiders owner, but at the time, but that the old Ravens or Raiders owner, he was notorious for picking up the most random fucking picks. Like you, you couldn't even fucking be like on draft day. All right, who are they getting? They'll be like, I don't know. You you can't predict it with this team. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely like where you went though with the kicker. It's definitely a surprise. Your surprise talent was a surprise for sure. He, he look, he leads. Okay, he leads the NFL in Pro Bowl votes for kickers. Did you know that? No, I haven't been keeping up with the Pro Bowl voting. Honestly, I, I, fi- I figured yep. it was pretty obvious who would be who would be in the Pro Bowl. I mean, he he is the number one voted kicker in the league. I mean, just he's only. I mean, Justin Tucker. Would probably go to the Pro Bowl every year. Well, yeah, you don't miss. So, like, I feel like you have to like just not vote Justin Tucker every year. It's kind of like, uh, well, they're in two different conferences. So, I mean, that's true. But oh, you that's have true. But, but I young, mean, but lately, like this whole season, like when I first heard a coup, okay, it was his second year, first year with the Falcons. I didn't know he played for the Chargers, but he actually went into the XFL. No, not the XFL. My bad. What was the other league called last year? The um, the not it wasn't the XFL. It was the other fucking uh, football conference they. I had. only covered the NFL, sir. Uh, well, you don't remember the uh, like the little off off brand NFL they had last. No, year? I mean, I remember the XFL, but yeah, it was before it was before the XFL. No, nah, I don't. I don't. They had, I don't remember um, anything like that. Yeah, they they canceled it because of um, I think it was what uh, views or no, not views. My bad, marketing. They did bad marketing and it caused them to go bankrupt. I think it was the AFL or no. Not well, AFL. regardless, get to your uh-uh. point. The guy was there, okay, and then he played one year in the NFL, played that the following season or whatever. That 2019 season, the NFL picks up. He goes to the Falcons. Man balls out. He only missed, what, three kicks that year. This year, he's only missed one. But last year, it was a Thanksgiving game, I believe, when they played the Saints. The guy had the Falcons recover two onside kicks. One was to uh, be within seven. They got that touchdown. And then I think they were on their final drive with the uh, last one. Yeah. But don't But don't quote me on that. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and let you know who I think the surprise talent of the year is for me. I kind of went a different way with this um, as terms of surprise, as the, as the word surprise goes. My surprise talent of the year is Marquise Brown. Now, before we started this podcast, I remember we were having a conversation about uh, about Marquise Brown probably being the best, best worst player in worst the league player. right now. And I think that comes to a surprise to a lot of people because – I mean, a lot of when Marquise Brown was drafted, you know, he was one of the he was one of the, you know, leading, uh, you know, scout wise. He was being one of the higher scouts for the receiver position uh, when he was getting drafted. So, you know, a lot of people had high expectations for Marquise Brown heading into the NFL and his first year. He didn't really disappoint at all. Like he he was doing really good. Like, obviously, he was part of a juggernaut type offense that went 14 and two, surprisingly. But like. You know, out of everything, like out of that offense, you know, Marquise Brown was, you know, he was one of the like best receivers coming out of it behind Mark Andrews. So he had a really good year last year. So a lot of people expect him to have another good year. You know, not a lot of people see him as a wide receiver one. And that's a conversation for another day, obviously, that we could have. But uh, I think that Marquise Brown has surprised a lot of people because he's dropped a lot of passes this year. He didn't drop a lot of passes last year. That was one of the things when he got if the ball was coming to him and it was an accurate pass, which most of the time it was, he caught it. So, you know, it was really only the time that Lamar would throw a bad throw that, you know, Hollywood wasn't catching it. And and he would go and make some crazy throws. I remember this one uh, this one pass, Lamar threw it a little high, but Marquis somehow for being a short dude jumped up to like six foot three height and, and caught the football in a Steelers game last year. So I've seen, I've seen Hollywood make some crazy catches. So the fact that he has been so inconsistent in 50, 50 this year is, is a big surprise. And I think that he's been a surprise talent uh, this year to me. Do you, do you think 
his ego is probably getting to him, and he's trying to be somebody who he's not. He's definitely yet. more egotistical than Lamar. And Lamar's not really, like, very <clears throat> egotistical. Like, he's very... Lamar's yes, very humble. Yes, he's, he's very I was going to say, he's more humble. And, I've and I, you know, that's very noticeable. And when you look at Marquise and you see, like, his attitude and things, he definitely has that cockiness. Now, they're both very cocky, but I think Marquise is more cocky. I hope he just doesn't turn into an Antonio Brown. Well, he is related already... to Antonio Brown. And I already hear he's crying about. It. I mean, he, he was crying about not getting enough snaps. Well, when you keep dropping the ball, you do kind of like and lose and that's spot. and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about uh, a while back. On a we can also talk about that too. I might talk about that on my own little Ravens podcast, which I'm doing. Shout out my own little podcast coming soon. But uh, I was uh, but the, uh, that was one thing I wanted to hit on was like Marquise Brown tweeted about struggles, you know, about how he was frustrated with the offense. First of all, one, yeah, you got to catch the ball. Two, this is a run dominant offense, and that has been, and that has literally been how it's been since last year. It was literally Lamar threw the ball a lot in some games because you know it was just the teams that he was facing. He had a better opportunity to throw, and uh, and they were still running the ball just as much as they were throwing to set up for the passes. So it's not that you know. It's not that, you know, the offense is built to pass and you're not getting the ball. The offense is built to run. So you know you're not going to get the ball that often. But then when you do get the ball, you're not you're not catching it. I mean, when you're undersized, too, you know, they don't want to and – and if they know they're going to be running the ball, you know, you want bigger receivers out there to get that. And that's why Mark forward. Andrews is so successful, which is why I think that he should be signed – another story for another day. But that's why like Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle and like all those guys, those big dudes who are also kind of fast and very athletic succeed because they're bigger built miles Boykin. Even I think he's a sleeper because he's, he's a, you know, he's six foot four or six foot three, something like that. And he's a, he's a bigger built guy and he's really good with blocking. He's a really good one-on-one blocker. He's made. And he's a good red. Yeah. He's also, yeah. And he's also made some really good catches in the red zone too. Uh, So, yeah, I think Miles – so Marquise Brown is not really, you know, big. He got bigger in the offseason, tried to, you know, build up his frame and everything, and he did a solid job. But, you know, he's still a short and skinny dude, and, you know, he's quick and everything, but he's still, you know, got some work to do. So that's why he's my surprise, Tom, because he's definitely dropped a, a high percentage from his productivity last year. You know, You know what I've noticed? You keep picking Ravens. Players. I mean, it's just because one, I know, I know my <laughs> team first of all, and I and I know and I know a surprise talent when I see it, and I and obviously Patrick Queen is just you know a lot of people probably think he's a defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, but you know Chase Young. Well, Chase Young is well, Chase Young is an obvious. That's why we didn't pick him. Well, I mean, I only picked Justin <laughs> Jefferson because honestly, we said this was going to be a non-quarterback award show, and my only other options were to go quarterback. So, all right, and last, last but certainly not the least, because this is the best, most valuable player. Who is the MVP this year? Obviously, we know it's not a quarterback. So, who are we going to pick? Damn, Cam, who is your MVP? Me. All right. Well, this is for football. <laughs> You're my MVP too. Don't oh. get me wrong, but I need to know your your football MVP. Aww. Well, thank you, honey. All right. Um, let's see. I have two people that I'm bouncing around. I do like Tyreek Hill a lot this year. It was hard. It I was it was like... hard for me to find an MVP that wasn't a quarterback because obviously you know it's a two man race right now. But. I'm trying to think. It's I just don't want to like pick an obvious one. I want something a little bit. Different. Why is it always um, a two man race though? At this point, like last year, like well, I mean, except for like when Lamar like blew up, but like for a while, it was like Russell Wilson and Lamar were like it was the only two running away with it, and then now it's just Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes to everybody. So it's like, why is there always just two guys that are just neck and neck? Because why can't it be it, like four just, or five it, guys? Because that's not how the NFL. Works. I mean, there's so many talented Fans, guys this the year. The media, the media for them, they just highlight the big name dudes. I mean, obviously, it's true. No. They bring in the money. It's, like you yeah. see how many State Farm commercials are being played. 
I love them. Though. Yeah, it, <laughs> I love them. Though. It's Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. And yeah, and I that that's what I was thinking too. Like the two MVPs for this year are just you know showing off by not only playing really well, but but we don't get enough of their faces with the commercials too. <laughs> All right, but no, let me let me pick my MVP. So I I'm actually I'm gonna settle down with Tyreek Hill. Uh, people are you know he's he's not your number one wide receiver, but this guy you know shorter wide receiver. Fat, like probably the fastest one in the league right now, and this guy can go up and make aggressive catches. Uh, I feel like he gets snubbed a little bit when it comes to this kind of talk because of the offense he's in. But like the guy's made a come up. You know, he wasn't your fucking first round pick guy. He was your mid round pick guy that Andy Reid developed, and, and he developed his speed he, himself too. By the way, got to talk. About, no, uh, Tyree killed you. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. Speed comes naturally. Also, with a little bit of training, too. But I'm saying, like, Andy Reid knows how to develop players, okay? The guy in college probably wasn't, like, the number one prospect when it comes to catching stuff. Andy Reid probably coached him up to where he could be that guy. This guy will go up for a jump ball and somehow pull it out of you. The guy doesn't – he's not big. But he is a stocky looking dude. If you actually look, oh, at dude, him. he's so like if you like, yeah, like he's a small dude, but like he is super built. Like it's all muscle, dude. He will he will put his shoulder down if he needs to, even though he probably won't run anybody over. He'll still put his fucking shoulder down. Like the guy plays with heart. He's got great speed. The guy is a game changer. I tell you what, if he's not on the offense for the fucking Chiefs, say he's down for like the whole year. That whole offense changes a little bit. I mean, yes, you have Hardman and you have Robinson who have speed, but they're they don't have the hands like Tyreek Hill does. Like he's got the speed in the hands, and he can do a jump ball. Like I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough when it comes to being a possible offensive player of the year, MVP, whatever. But that guy's a game changer. He can do it all: return kicks, run the ball. Catch it, dude. He's fucking throw it into double coverage, and he'll still fucking get the damn thing. I I like Tyreek Hill this year, especially for fantasy. <laughs> oh my god, do you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy too? Yes. So I in the gauntlet league I have, it was out of like eighteen players, and I'm in the final three right now, and only there's only one winner in this one for the prize, and. I picked up Hill, and I have Henry up, Kamara, and Pat Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers. My team's stacked. Yeah, really that good. sounds like and, it. And I, I, I like Hill, though, like excluding the fantasy part, though. But as a player, I like him as 2020 MVP. But, you know, they're going to pick quarterback. Yeah, but yeah. If, if, if they switched it up, you know, once in a while. I think he's, besides Mahomes, he's the most valuable player on that team. I mean, yes, Kelsey's a dog too, but Tyreek Hill helps open up that offense with his speed and gets Kelsey to fucking be open because he doesn't have to worry about safeties pulling down on him all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, if anybody's non-quarterback is going to get the MVP, to me, it's Derrick Henry because this, this, this mofo can ball. Like I hate yes. I hate him so much because he's such a baller and what he did to the Ravens in the overtime loss to us this year was devastating. But it's just the kind of guy that he is. He's I mean, did you see what he did last year in the playoffs? Yeah, he bulldozed year? us and he always bulldozes <laughs> he bull he bull, he's bulldozed us every time. We just we just haven't found the formula to stop him. We did it in three quarters this year, but then as soon as the end of the third quarter came or the beginning of the fourth or whatever you want to call it he just out of nowhere it was like oh okay well we've covered him enough he's probably he's probably not going to get that explosive nope boom and then it was all derrick henry for the fourth quarter and then overtime and it was just devastating but the dude's got already over 1500 yards rushing and 14 rushing touchdowns so far this year and we still got three more weeks of football so uh derrick henry is the obvious mvp for me if it's a non quarterback because he honestly has proven that he could be the MVP last year too, but you know how it is. Like we said, it's always a quarterback. So, but Derrick Henry's always the next best if you're going non-quarterback, and this year he's proven it again. I think Adrian Peterson. Don't quote me. I think Adrian Peterson was like the last 
No, I lied. I think it was TJ Watt. Or not TJ, my bad. Uh, JJ. I think it was he, – he was the last – no, I'm retarded. Aaron Donald. Was the last, what, MVP that wasn't a quarterback? Yes, I believe he won it that, what, 2018 No, I, I, No, I don't – I actually think you're wrong. I, I remember Chester was telling me who the last, uh, last non-MVP was. I think it was – oh, no, it was uh, Adrian Peterson – no. Yes, it was. I'm pretty sure. Yes, because about- I was talk. I was having a conversation with uh, Chester, who watches the show. Shout out Chester. Uh, he was saying that uh, Adrian Peterson, because we were having a conversation about Adrian Peterson. I don't remember why, but he was saying that uh, he was super talented and he was the last guy uh, that won the MVP that wasn't a quarterback, and he was a running back because he was talking about Derrick Henry too. He was comparing them. That's what we were doing. So yeah, all right. So I I was right. So yeah, it was Adrian Peterson. He was the last. He was the last non-quarterback okay, MVP. My bad. Yeah. So he was the defensive player of the year, probably. But uh, but yeah, no. So I was right. Adrian Peterson when he had the two thousand yard yep, rush. Yep. And almost yes. broke the record. And I yeah, that's what we were but, talking about because Derrick Henry broke two thousand yards rushing last year. And you know what's funny though? I think that year Calvin Johnson got snubbed. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about it, Cause, you can talk about it another day. No, because look. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to say it now. It'll take me like 10 say seconds. It. Calvin, Johnson broke, Calvin Johnson broke the receiving yard record that year. That was six seconds. I'm impressed. Yes. Okay. But, yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, so Derrick Henry is my choice here for MVP. Uh, I think that he deserved – honestly, he deserved it last year too. Yes. The guy is a monster. <laughs> I fucking love him. God, I wish I had him on my team. Oh, All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our week uh, 13 roundup. We're going to go ahead and discuss uh, every uh, week 14. round, Or is it week 13? Was it week 13 Bro, or week 14? Just, it was week 14. We're Eight 15, and five. Right okay, yeah. So let's start with... The Broncos Panthers game. Broncos won thirty two to twenty seven. Drew Locke, career high, four touchdown passes. Uh what are your takeaways from this game, you damn Cam? The Panthers defense. The Panthers <laughs> defense. Cause I mean, look, Drew Locke, he's been struggling all year, okay? I did mention in the podcast earlier, wasn't he like one of the most disappointing players I picked too, I believe, in like our first Who'd you pick? It was Drew Locke. Oh, yeah, Drew Locke was. One of the yeah, mo- I think Drew Locke was your mo- most disappointing. Because his numbers weren't where I was personally projecting. Neither was anybody else, honestly. Like You're right. You're right. I thought I – watched, I watched him last year, okay? The guy looked like he had some potential. And then this year he's <laughs> – I mean, the loss of Sutton didn't help. But, I mean, he – I know their offensive line is terrible too, but come on, Drew. Like you know, he's he's making like boneheaded decisions, and he's got enough weapons around him. But I know, obviously, with the offensive line, I, the I honestly but, think Jerry Judy, if he went to anywhere but Denver, he might be thriving right now. That is true, but you know, he'll he'll be thriving next year. I think the Broncos will take care of all that. But back to Drew Lock. Okay, the guy had his career high in touchdown passes. I didn't think he was going to ever get there this year. I didn't expect a good, like a great game out of him. That's why year. I'm surprised that you picked um, the Panthers' defense as your takeaway when Drew Locke got four touchdown passes when he's been struggling. I thought a takeaway was like the worst. Well, I mean, part. a takeaway is like, what did you take away from this game? Your th- like, your like. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then Drew Locke. Yeah. So, like, your takeaway would probably be like how how bad the Panthers' defense played probably then because, you know, Drew Locke had a high four-touchdown yeah. day despite the struggles. Yeah, all right, my bad, guys. Uh, sorry, you disappoint Mom. us all. It's okay, but that's what makes With that so said, how about we just move into a game we know we both know. It's the Saints-Eagles game. Uh, the Jalen Hurts show was on in this game. Uh, the Saints uh, still put up a good fight, but their defense uh, – 
you know, allowed this Eagles offense that thrived to run all and over. thrived more than usual. I think in spite of Carson Wentz, what is your, t- I, well, I already know what my takeaway is from this game. I didn't really have a takeaway from the last game. That's why I moved on. Uh, coaching, but uh, coaching. This is, your coaching is your takeaway. Yes, Doug. I, I don't like every Eagles fan sees this. Okay, that actually like fucking cares. Okay, every Doug Pearson finally simplified the offense. But it's funny how all the plays that Wentz would do that makes him successful, they didn't do it to him this year. Doug Pearson was not allowing it. As soon as Jalen Hurts gets his fucking start, all of a sudden you see this rolling out with the quarterback. Seeing the quarterback getting a little bit more mobile. I mean, yes, Hurts has more speed. But, I mean, if you've watched Wentz, this guy does miracle plays. And he's not the pocket passer. He's the guy you want to get out of the pocket, and he'll make a play. Um, Doug Peterson, I mean, I'm glad. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that he finally switched the offense up. And, you know, it was kind of, I was so happy to see the offense actually do something. He ran the fucking ball, for God's sakes. That's what every Eagles fan was asking for all year. <clears throat> Run the ball. Run the ball. Stop throwing it 50 times a game when you know our offensive line can't hold up. He ran the ball. He mixed-matched it with the Saints defense, the number one ranked defense in the league. And he proved that when he finally decides to stop being a fucking uptight guy, that, all right, maybe I'll switch up the offense and it'll work. And it worked. He ran the ball. Miles Sanders, boom. <clears throat> Jalen Hurts run all over the place. I don't like the fact that he had Jalen run around too much, but, I mean, a win's a win, whatever. But... He finally ran the ball. We had 246 yards rushing. Passing, Jalen Hurts a little shaky on that, but I think he'll improve a little bit. But um, they simplified the offense for Jalen Hurts and not Wentz. And that's what aggravates me. You know what um, it is? It's, it's them realizing that that Hurts was putting them in a better position. No, no Wentz is the guy regardless because they have a contract. And they can't afford. I mean, yeah, I did see a a source from ESPN that said that they're most likely going to continue with Wentz. And I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of dead space. Look, what we've seen with Jalen Hurts, that's the shit that 2017 Wentz was doing. Okay. The same type of style, you know, maybe a little bit of a read option here and there. Um, RPOs, uh, moving the quarterback out of the pocket. Like, if you watched all the Eagles games like I have been doing. You see our offensive line obviously gets up the most sacks in the league, and Carson Wentz is stuck in the pocket, and I feel like he's just been hit too much to where he gets a little antsy about it. As soon as he's seen somebody come up to him, he doesn't escape the pocket as well as he normally does. Um, shout out, though, to Jalen Hurts, you know, proving the league that, you know, he has potential. Wasn't the best, but potential. I think he'll be a solid backup for us, like a very solid one. But I like – if we can keep this style of offense for wins, we'll be good. But Doug Peterson, good coaching this Sunday. Okay. Good good coaching. I'm not mad this week. And I won like $50. Yeah. My, my takeaway from this game was that I don't think Doug Peterson – trusts Wentz as much as we thought he did. That's my takeaway because like you were just saying with all the coaching it's kind of kind of goes with the coaching but it's like you know the play calling like you said he was going for it on fourth down like a lot basically every time because Hertz was out there he was like oh, okay I got a quarterback that can run I'm just gonna go for it on fourth down I don't care if it's fourth and four we're gonna go for it. I mean but he'd been doing that all year that's the thing but he calls the dumbest plays, dude. I, I shit you not. We all have a fucking like. When I go to the he's probably uh, trying bar, to. He's probably trying to call like, run on those. And Wentz isn't the kind of guy to run. And then you're also receiving cores depleted, so the guys you're throwing to aren't necessarily like the best. Yeah, at the time, at the time that we're depleted, we had players step up. I don't like the fact that Alshon Jeffrey gets more snaps than Fulgham, but. Uh, it's because Jeffrey's a starter, a wide, a, a wide, a technical wide receiver. One, yeah, on but the team. Fogum, dude, Fogum was putting up numbers. He only had like one game that he started and that he didn't ball out. out of, but like, back to what I was trying to say, though, I, basically, like 
it just doesn't seem like it. My my takeaway was is I just don't see like I thought I thought Doug Peterson had more faith in Wentz. It just didn't seem like it through all the play calling and the way that they played this game. And yeah, Jalen Hurts being speedy helps open up the run game. So yeah, using the run game more today did help a lot. And I think that they should have done that all throughout the year more too. Uh, definitely should have given it to Sanders more. But I mean, having Hurts on the field definitely helps with that dimension because you don't know if Hurts is going to run it or if Sanders is going to So yeah, I definitely don't think that uh, Doug Peterson is 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 with there with Wentz as as we thought he was. And I think he's definitely put his trust more into Hurts. And I think we're going to see Hurts start the remainder of the season probably too from this. I, I think he is too. But I mean, it's might as well. I mean, if we make the playoffs somehow, we do. But I'm okay with a, a higher first round pick. <laughs> I mean, either way, I think you guys will still have a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent pick in the draft, regardless. Hoping so. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on to the most interesting of all of the three games that we have highlighted: the Ravens Browns Monday Night game. Now, this game was a highlight reel show. I mean, nine total rushing touchdowns, the most in a game ever since like the twenties when they were running the football, like every drive well, every play basically like, so uh, this was an awesome game. Uh, my takeaway from this game was, is that the Ravens are still a threat. And, and I think a lot of people at that before this game thought that the Ravens weren't a, a big playoff threat. Yes, you know, us Ravens fans, we still believe that we're going to make the playoffs, and I think we will. Um, But I think this game showed that we can hang in there because obviously we already know the Browns have a lot of weapons. Baker's been doing his thing, all this. I know the defense on the Browns isn't that great, but, you know, we're not really known for our, you know, I mean, we're known for our strong run offense, but we're not known for our strong pass game, honestly. But, you know... We didn't pass that much today, and you know, even though there was some throws that were opened up by the run game, there was still some really good throws that were made in this game, like you know the forty-four yard pass to Marquise Brown, and you know that big forty-plus yard pass to a wide-open Mark Andrews and stuff. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of good uh, throws. I, like like I said, I think the biggest takeaway was that the the Ravens are are still a legitimate threat, and I think that uh, they can actually win a playoff game this year with the way that they're going. Mm, hot take. <laughs> uh, I I love the game. I loved watching Baker that game. Take away the pick, but besides that, like Baker was on fire. All right. I think he has turned everybody's head towards him. They're looking at him like his rookie year again when he was slinging it. If and we weren't go, if we weren't going quarterback earlier on surprise talent, he probably, like, he probably could have been on that. Oh, he definitely would have been mine, and you would have been like, oh. I think he would have been mine actually. I was thinking about it, but then I was like, we're not doing quarterbacks. See, doesn't this? Don't you like how he's been playing this year and everything I've been saying to you about it, even in our well, podcast. Well, so so before so before you finish, I'll go ahead and say this. I've always said that Baker was talented, but I never, but I always said that he had a lot to prove, and that he hasn't proved that he's a franchise quarterback yet, and he I've... still, and he still hasn't, in all honesty. But he's playing really good this year, and I said, and I've said it. If he wins a playoff game this year, I know they're going to make the playoffs, but if they can win a playoff game. Then, then I have more confidence in Baker being a franchise quarterback because it's one thing to make the playoffs, you know, one time or whatever, but it's another thing to you know win a playoff game, actually be able to get it done when the stakes are high, win or go home type. Just stuff. like Lamar has to prove. Yes, Lamar still has because, but Lamar has had two playoff appearances though now, so he's got some experience. So this year, if he does make the playoffs. He can't have any excuses. He's got to get the job done. All right, Baker so hasn't made the playoffs yet. Let me finish. Baker hasn't made the playoffs yet, but he'll make the playoffs this year. I want to see him win a playoff game and go kind of far. Now, I don't see them making the Super Bowl this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the AFC Championship game. They've got weapons. The defense, though, is not there, so they probably won't make it that far because the defense has to be able to step up 
And if they and if they play, you know, like they did, you know, against the Ravens, they probably won't make it that far. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 not get too crazy. Um, I like Baker. Okay, I always have. I did the, not say anything bad about Baker there, so I don't know. I know, why. I know, I know. Look, I let. Can I talk now? You know, sure. they, this is our show. This isn't the gorilla show. There will be one though. Shout out. Yes, stay tuned, guys. Um, overall though, you take or when you look at the Browns. Yes, they are a playoff team. Take away the injuries and the COVID uh, reserve shit going on. You know, obviously with everybody too with the COVID, but um. The Browns defense, I feel like if they can get everybody back and semi-healthy, they'll be fine. But injuries have decimated that defense. But if they go into the offseason and when free agency starts in the draft and they fix a little bit of those pieces in the secondary, they they might be a Super Bowl contender. Um, Ravens, though, I did like how they kept up in that game. Um, A lot of people, you know, including us, we did not expect that to be up in the 40s for each team. No way. Um, I was thinking more of like 28-21, 28-24 type game. Um, and, of course, you picked the Browns. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the – I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. But um, – And you were like, oh, my God. That was the most that, – that's probably like – it's the best game I've watched in the past few seasons since the, what, the Chiefs and Rams game. And yeah, I was thinking that too. And you can't lie though, Lamar was fucking electrifying out there. Yeah, dude, his speed is fucking crazy. It's it's literally watching Michael Vick all over again. And um, Michael Vick two or somebody said Michael Vick two thousand four Madden reincarnated. Yes, I mean only if Madden, you know, if they could just fix it when you run out of the pocket with the quarterback that they don't run so fucking slow. <laughs> There's always bugs in Madden. Yeah, but it's not even a bug. They purposely do that. Like, you try to accelerate with Lamar on a pass, it's, like, slow as shit, and he'll get sacked. Defensive lineman just grabs him. But, like, when you do, like, read option or whatever with him and run it, dude, the motherfucker just takes off at max speed. But, like, they can't do it for his <laughs> fucking passing. That's why Mike Vick, 04, okay? That man, as soon as he, as soon as he gets the ball in his hand, Hike runs a fucking 90-yard run. Hike, there. zoom. Literally. <laughs> There's, like, no slow-ass jog to get into full speed. Like how yeah, Madden does now. Hit that second gear. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question about the Browns. What impresses you the most, excluding that other run game through this whole season? What is in, What has impressed me the most outside of their run game this year? Yes. Baker Mayfield. Because Baker Mayfield has stepped up a whole lot from, his, from the last two seasons, maturity-wise, talent. Uh, productivity wise, talent wise, whatever you want to call it, and and I, I like I said, he's he's a talented guy. He just still has to prove that he's a you know that he's a franchise quarterback that he can you know win big you know win playoff games and stuff. Get they're gonna get to the playoffs, like I said. So we'll see how they do when they get to the playoffs. Uh, like I've said, and you've agreed with me, his footwork needs to improve just a little bit. He's a little sloppy when he's in the pocket, but when he's rolling out, he looks great. So he needs to work on the footwork a little bit. Uh, he he he's gotten a lot better decision making wise too this year too. I've noticed uh, he's not he's not making a lot of bonehead throws like he used to. Uh, he's trying to make the throws if he's got it, and sometimes the coverage is just good. So uh, remember what I said about him and the pat one like was like the two two or three podcasts ago or whatever. Uh, Odell Beckham. Ever since he went down, when was the last time you seen Baker struggle? Before, exactly. So, with Od- I feel like, like I was saying before, Odell Beckham was well, a problem. So that's the thing. He, so that's the thing, though. He struggled before. He struggled before he had Odell too, though. That's the thing. Like, well, his rookie year, because his rookie year, he broke the record for pass touchdowns as a rookie QB. All right, and he had nobody besides Landry. And he was electrifying. He gave the Browns a name again. And uh, the evolution of him and Chubb in that draft on that team fucking helped out tremendously. Then last year, they get Odell Beckham. Felt like the cockiness obviously got to him. But I feel like having Odell on your team as a young QB, you're thinking you have to give him the ball. 
And since Odell went down this season, I haven't seen Baker struggle at least at any and point. He 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 struggled a little bit in that Raiders game, even though they won or they actually lost that game. I think to the Raiders. Did they beat the Raiders or did they lose to the Raiders? No matter what, though, he didn't have like a strong performance in that game. It was mainly the run game that kept him in it. Yeah, but I just feel like with Odell, like I'm not gonna take any like anything away from Odell. Okay, good good wide receiver. But yeah, I feel if like he goes, if he goes somewhere where they don't really have anybody, I think he'll be really good. Yeah, I feel like like I was saying with Odell on that team, I felt like that the the media, the coaches, the uh, staff. I felt like they had some kind of input into Baker having to give it to Odell. And teams were prepared for it. And it caused a bunch of turnovers with Baker. And, you know, teams were preparing. Like, all right, you know, Landry's great, but he's not throwing it to him. Oh, there's Odell. He's covering him, and he'll still throw it to him. But since Odell's gone down, I feel like Baker Mayfield reads the field more now. I feel like he's looking at everybody that he could throw to. And he seems more prone to throw into anybody now than Odell. Yeah. Like I said, and also the coaching has has been one of the has been one of the best things too. It's a it honestly could be a tie between Baker and Kevin because in all honesty, Kevin Stefanski has done a really good job with helping Baker mature and improve as a quarterback. Yes, as a former as a former offensive coordinator, and I believe at one time he was a quarterbacks coach for like a season, so he he's worked with quarterbacks closely before, at least. So you know he's got some knowledge, and as an offensive coordinator with an offensive mind, they also have knowledge of that too. So I think bringing in Stefanski as the head coach has also helped Baker Mayfield a lot. I too. mean, he did help coach up. Uh, uh. Fuck. Uh, what's his damn name? The quarterback they had on the uh, – Case Keenum. I was about to say, yeah, you're talking about the Vikings, right? Case Keenum yeah. was the guy who threw the pass to uh, Stefan Diggs. Yes, sir. He Case Keenum, he's been that journeyman quarterback that bounced around. He had <laughs> a balling out year with – what's his name? Kevin – or how Kevin you say Stefanski. Kevin yes. Stefanski, the head yes. coach for the Browns. Yes, he was the quarterback coach for the Vikings that, uh, that year was uh, – Case Keenum and Case yeah. Keenum was was balling out. Yeah, he was offensive coordinator for the Vikings that year. Okay. Yeah, he was the he's been the offensive coordinator for the Vikings I think since like 2017. Oh. Okay. 2017, 18, and 19, and yeah, and then he got the head coaching job. Well, that explains why Sam Bradford was doing decent with them at one point. Yeah, yeah, like they've had Stefanski for not like that long, but I think 2017 was the year they brought him in as the coordinator. And then he's, and then, you know, they did good in 2017 for the most part. So they kept him. And then, you know, they continued to get better. And then, you know, he just, you know, they saw that. And then somebody was like, this guy deserves a head coaching job. And now he's got the Browns at nine and three. Well, I mean, with all the weapons the Browns had, somebody had. Like, oh, so now. No, listen, listen, the listen. I'm not taking a away. Lot of weapons. No, I'm saying. When I tried to say David Njoku was a decent talent and Donovan no, listen, Peoples Jones was good. Can I, can I talk real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. They didn't have the right coaching staff for that team. This guy is calling the right plays for the right players. Okay. Yes. Last year, you don't have all those offensive pieces on your team to not fucking win at least like nine games. Like they barely made it to seven and nine last year. And Kevin, they were six and 10 last year. Okay. Whatever. They, they have a team finally put together and Browns fans everywhere can fucking praise to the load (laughs) that they have a team again. (laughs) Yeah, like for real, like it's crazy how how successful that they have been able to become this year after being zero sixteen like two years ago. That's pretty. That's, I thought it was three years. Yeah, three years ago. I thought. Oh, did I say two? I'm, I it thought was, I said a few. No, you said two. Oh well, I mean two, a few, a new, a new. Uh, oh well, no well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. uh 
that's going to conclude today's episode, guys. I really appreciate y'all tuning in, as always, uh, on this NFL podcast. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. I hope y'all have a great holiday season. Next episode, we come to y'all. It's going to be an in-person, live podcast. Looking forward to uh, being back in Maryland for the holidays with your damn cam. Yes, sir. By the way, everybody, if you haven't checked out our Instagram page, you should definitely do that. It'll keep you up to date on when our next episode's going to be. I also post uh, stories on there for y'all to pick, like ask questions, uh, players that you think are better. Uh, send me your input on stuff that you would like to hear on the show too. You know, I'm, we're all we're open to new ideas and yes. n- always new talks. You know, we want to make sure everybody's engaged. That's yes. why I got the Instagram page going. Uh, when I can't attend to it. Young Gorilla will take care of that. Um, I do post and advertise Andrew Bray's uh, NFL, NBA, MLB, etc. Jersey merchandise. Okay, get y'all's jerseys. I'm the holiday you. season is here, man. You know, you got to get your mom or your dad or your cousin or your goldfish that jersey that they love and want to wear. If you if you go on our page at the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. If you want to go check out what kind of jerseys there are, I do have a post on there that has a video that y'all can look at. And, and obviously, anything information-wise you need to know, I can contact Andrew Gray for you, or you can directly message him on Instagram at andrewgray21. So, yes, please please send us some feedback. Let us know what y'all want us to talk about. Let us know how we're doing, what we could change, what you like, what should stay. Anything. We want it all. We want all the feedback. So thank y'all for watching. Uh, This has been the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. Thank y'all. We'll see y'all soon.